Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. This is Abdul Nasser Jengda, and you're listening to the Qalam Podcast. The Qalam Podcast has become an important part of people's lives all around the world. There are millions of people benefiting from the podcast every single day. Thousands of hours of content, dozens of different series from all the different teachers and scholars here at Qalam. All of this is delivered to the community free of charge. We are excited and actively working to grow and increase our efforts to deliver more and more benefit to the community. We ask you to support our efforts and become part of the Qalam family. Please go to qalamfamily.com and sign up to contribute to this Sadaqa Jariyah on a monthly basis. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept from all of us Jazakumullahu khairan wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. In alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyati a'amalina. Man yahdihillahu fahuwa al-muhtad wa man yudhulil falan tajida lahu waliyal murshida. Wa ashadu an la ilaha illa allahu wahdahu la sharika lah. وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلوات الله والسلام عليه قال الله تعالى في القرآن الكريم بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اجتنبوا كثيرا من الظن إن بعض الظن إثم أما بعد As the month of Ramadan approaches us one of the responsibilities as Muslims that we have is not only to focus obviously on our ibadah, on our worship, on our salah, on our adhkar, on our dua, on our siyam, but also a portion, a focus of Ramadan is to make sure that we do right by what we call huquq al-ibad the rights of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That come the month of Ramadan, a person should begin to think about their relationships that they have with other Muslimin. Are my relationships correct? Are the responsibilities that I've been given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, am I doing haqq to those responsibilities? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the 49th chapter of the Qur'an, He illustrates to the ummah one of the most detailed accounts and advices of what it means to be a part of a community. And Allah ta'ala gives several commands and He gives several pieces of advice to creation specifically to believing creation on how to treat one another. And a part of this, what we'll go through today's khutbah with, is one of the verses of the 49th chapter in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala illustrates to us one of the most important elements of interpersonal relationships between human beings. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He begins, He says, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا 
O you who claim to believe, Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu jtanibu kathiran min adhan. O you who claim to believe, avoid too much suspicion. Avoid assuming too much of the people around you. Inna ba'adha dhanni ithm. Verily, with some ba'adha, some of those assumptions will inevitably follow sinfulness. And this is why Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala anhu, he would famously say, never think ill of the word that comes out of your believing brother or sister's mouth as long as you can find some sort of good in it. And what the lesson of this particular portion of the ayah is teaching us is to change our mentality of how you see the Muslim ummah, of how you see the Muslim world. That a person who carries around this burden of assuming of other people, verily, a part of that assumption will come sinfulness for that person. And this is why the Prophet ﷺ, he mentioned in a very authentic narration, he says, Be wary of assumption. He said that because verily, there comes a portion of assumption that is the worst of all speech. And this is where he would say, He would go into this long bit of advice that he has for humanity. Don't go out seeking the faults of other people. Don't eavesdrop on the conversations of other people. Why are all of these advices so relevant? Because it allows our heart, it trains our heart to understand that the people around us first and foremost, Allah begins by telling us, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu. These are people who said, Ashadu an la ilaha illallah, just like you do. They have a maqam. They have a status. They are saying that they believe in Allah and His Messenger. The least that you can think of them is khair. The least that you can think of them is good. And this is why he continues Allah Ta'ala. He says, وَلَا تَجَسَّسُوا And do not spy on one another. And you'll see something very interesting because any portion of the Qur'an that goes into specific advice about human actions, you'll always see a very obvious pipeline. A pipeline meaning that it begins somewhere and that it eventually evolves and evolves and evolves into a stage where you no longer can recognize where it once began. It began with a thought. It began with an assumption. And then it led to tajassas, spying on other people. How did we get here? Because we allowed assumption to be something that is rampant in our behavior. And that's why Allah says, That shaitan plays this very interesting, clever trick on you. He says, well, you know, you can assume, it's okay to assume, you might be right sometimes. Of course you might be right sometimes, but Allah doesn't say, are you right sometimes? Allah says, Verily, some of the assumptions that you make will be sinful. And when you're a Muslim, you can't say that, oh, out of the ten assumptions I made, seven of them were correct. So I'm in the majority. Even three of those assumptions that were incorrect may have been more harmful the seven times that you were right. 
And so that ithm that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, the sin that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions is much heavier for a Muslim than those seven times where they assume correctly of something. And so Allah says, be wary of this. Do not spy. And then the Prophet ﷺ, and this is why, you know, uh, You obey Allah, you obey His Messenger because they're complementary. Allah says, The Prophet ﷺ says, He says, do not spy. And the Prophet ﷺ, he says, Now let's define these two. Tajassas, according to the ulama, it means to spy, looking for the faults of other people. Looking around, seeing where I can find them slipping up. Almost waiting at each corner. Waiting for somebody to make a mistake so I can come out of the, 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 the pillars and say, I got you. And sometimes this requires a little bit of a more diabolical mentality that I want somebody to mess up. But you see where the Prophet ﷺ is actually coming from, which is beautiful. He says, وَلَا تَحَسَّسُ Tahassus is very interesting because tahassus in the Arabic language means that you are a person who might not be waiting around looking for a person's faults, but you are dabbling into conversations that don't involve you. You are lending an ear into a conversation that has nothing to do with you. And shaitan might even trick you in his very, you know, demonic, you know, uh, you know, clever way, he might say, oh, well, you know, you're not really trying to look for a fault. You're just listening out to make sure that no one's doing anything incorrectly. No, 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 no. The Prophet said, don't eavesdrop into conversations that don't pertain to you, that don't relate to you. It's not about you. And when we think about this, we go back to the advice of the Prophet ﷺ when he said, when a believer sees something wrong, some sort of munkar happening in front of them, some sort of evil happening in front of them, they address it in one of three ways. Biyadihi with their hands, aw bilisanihi with their tongue, or the least and the lowest level of iman is to feel wrong about it within the heart. But the ulama, they mentioned that, well, not everyone will be able to do something with their actions. You might accidentally witness something, but you're not the best person to deal with this, so you should go and tell somebody about it. Maybe you should go seek advice from a person who knows more than you about it. The next is bilisanihi, to change it with your tongue. And even if you're not okay, or even if you're not able to do that, you can go advise or tell somebody who might be better to correct something with their tongue. But what everybody can do is at least know that this is wrong for me. So, wala tajassasu, wala tahassasu. And then the Prophet ﷺ, he continues and he says, وَلَا تَبَاغَضُوا Do not hate and be angry at other people all the time. Check your attitude. Are you going around and seeing ten faults before you see one positive in people? That yeah, I prayed Jummah with this brother, but I saw nine other things that he did wrong today. I'm just going around seeking negativity. وَلَا تَبَاغَضُوا He says, and then he says, وَلَا تَدَابَرُوا He says, nor commit tadabur, and we'll talk about this in a second. وَكُونُوا عِبَادِ اللَّهِ إِخْوَانَ And be with the, the, the worshippers of Allah, brothers and sisters, be one community. But here's the question that everybody asks when they hear about this topic. They say, well, is what I'm doing technically spying or backbiting? Because then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, وَلَا يَغْتَبْ بَعْضُكُمْ بَعْضًا 
He says, and do not backbite one another. And everybody has that all-encompassing question. Well, well, I, you know, I, I, I meant well for them. If they were here, I would also say it to their face. All these kind of catchphrases that we've coined for ourselves. Well, yeah, I mean, if this person was here, I'd say the same thing. So I'm not really backbiting. And the Sahaba, they actually asked the Prophet ﷺ a very, very interesting question that falls along the same lines. They would say, Ya Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah, what is backbiting? What is ghibah, Ya Rasulullah? And then the Prophet ﷺ, he would say, He would say, mentioning your brother or sister in a way, bima yakrahu that they would not like, that they would not appreciate. Think about that phrase. It doesn't just mean saying bad things about them. What did he say? Mentioning them in a way that they would not appreciate it. They would not prefer to be mentioned. And so the Sahaba would ask the Prophet ﷺ, Ya Rasulullah, what if my brother or sister is exactly as I mentioned? What if what I said about them is true? What if what I'm saying is not false? What if it's not something that is a lie? And then the Prophet ﷺ, he says, if he or she was as you mentioned, you will have committed backbiting. And he said, if he or she was not as you said about them, then you would have committed something that we call slander. That both of these things are actually not advised in our religion. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. Imagine if somebody was doing something even pious and we happened to see them and they were doing it privately. So we take it upon ourselves to go and spread the news. Oh, this person was doing this and this and this and this. And it got around to the community that it became public when this person was trying to keep that peace of worship between them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now we have mentioned them in a manner that they would not have liked. And so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to illustrate the severity of this, this crime, this sin, he mentions in the latter part of the ayah, he says, He said, would you like or would you love to eat the flesh of your dead brother or sister? And then almost rhetorically he says, You would hate it. You would despise it. And when a person reads that ayah, they think to themselves, man, why would Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring up such a severe, detailed analogy here? Why is it so serious? Why is he being so vivid with this description? And this is why we believe this, is that the Prophet ﷺ, he said, in a very authentic narration, he says, كُلُّ مُسْلِمِ عَلَى مُسْلِمِ حَرَامٌ مَالُهُ وَعِرْضُهُ وَدَمُهُ that all of the Muslim body is sacred to the Muslim body, his wealth, his honor, his blood. These things are sacred. When you go around thinking that everyone's lives are not special, everyone's lives are just casual, that you don't really care about them, it's not undoubted that you'd go around and talk about them. But when you see a person's life as sanctified by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
as something that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as it was stated in narrations, that killing one person is like killing all of humanity and saving one life is like saving all of humanity. Why is that a narration in our deen? Because even one life is valuable more than you could ever imagine. So imagine taking shots at these lives with our words. This is why the Sahaba would walk around with their tongue and they would say this, this, this is what will get me into hellfire, nothing else. And to illustrate this, I wanted to share one very serious and profound narration from the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ. There was a companion one time who came to the Prophet ﷺ and he says, Ya Rasulullah, I have committed a major sin. I have committed a major sin. And the Prophet ﷺ, he turned away from him. He pretended as though he didn't hear him. And so he goes to the Prophet ﷺ again. He says, Ya Rasulullah, maybe you didn't hear me, but I'm admitting to you. I'm guilty of something major that I've done, a transgression in this dunya, Ya Rasulullah. And the Prophet ﷺ, he turns away again. And the narration says that he stated this until the fifth time in front of the Prophet ﷺ. And the Prophet ﷺ, he says, Zanayta? He says, are you sure you've committed this major sin? Zina? And then he says, Naam ya Rasulullah. And then the Prophet ﷺ, he says, Tadri ma zina? He says, do you know what zina is? He's asking him a question. And the man responds, he says, Ya Rasulullah, naam, I know what it is. I know exactly what it is. I've transgressed the bounds of the sanctity that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given certain relationships, Ya Allah. And then the Prophet sallallahu he says, Ma turidu ila al qawni. He says, what do you want me to do with this? He goes, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want to accomplish from this statement? Ya fulan. And this man, he responds to the Prophet ﷺ and he says, Ya Rasulullah, I can't live with the guilt of the sin that I've committed, Ya Rasulullah. I need you to give me whatever punishment is owed for the sin that I've committed. And the Prophet ﷺ, even after he asked, Ma turidu ila al-qawl, he actually asked him again in a very descriptive manner. Did he for sure commit what he thought he committed? And he says, Naam Ya Rasulullah. And the Prophet ﷺ, he says, after the ninth, tenth time of questioning, the Prophet said, fine. Give him whatever punishment that he is owed because of the guilt that he has admitted. And so a few moments later, some narrations mentioned that it was a few days later. There, were, uh, there was a caravan. The Prophet ﷺ was traveling with a group of people. And naturally, when we're in groups of people, people begin to talk. People begin to converse. And there were two men who were near the Prophet ﷺ. And they were saying to one another, they said, Have you not seen the man who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had covered his secret? Have you not seen the man who Allah had concealed his sin, his secret? But his heart could not let him rest until he was punished for what he did? And then the Prophet ﷺ, he heard and he stopped. And at the same exact time, there was a corpse of a dead animal on the side of the road as they were traveling. 
And the Prophet ﷺ, he says, Aina fulanun wa fulanun. He says, where, is, where are these two men that I just heard talking? And they come forward. And he says, Anzila fakula min jifati hadal himar. He says, would anyone like to dismount and eat from this dead meat on the side of the road? And the two men, they looked at the Prophet ﷺ and they said, Ya Rasulullah, may Allah forgive you and forgive us. Why would you say something like that to us? And he says to them, والسلام, the backbiting, the ghiba that you have committed against your brother is worse as a meal than what I'm asking you to do right now. And he says, nafsi biyadi." He says, by he in whose hand is my soul, the person you're talking about is swimming in the rivers of paradise as you talk about him right now in this dunya. And this is backed up by another very profound narration when the companions were passing by a road and they smelled something very foul. And they were all asking like, ma hadha, what is the smell that we're smelling? And the Prophet ﷺ, he says, atadruna ma rihu? Do you want to know what this smell is? What this wind or this, this breeze is bringing to you? He says, nas. He says, this is the smell of people who backbite about other people in this life. That just as the filth spews from their mouth, they become a part of that. They grow a part of them that is almost parallel to the filth that comes out. And this is why at the very end of this ayah, Allah reminds us with a very sharp reminder. He says, وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ تَوَّابُ الرَّحِيمُ he says, and fear Allah. What taqullah? Inna Allah tawabur rahim. Indeed, Allah is the one who is the most pardoning and He is the most merciful. And if you want to see even more beauty, continue reading in this surah because the next ayah will talk about the equality of humanity. Ya ayyuhannasu inna khalaqnakum min dhakarin wa untha wa ja'alnakum shu'uban wa qaba'ila li ta'arafu inna akramakum indallahi atqakum inna Allah alimun khabir. That after Allah illustrates to us the crime of slander, of backbiting, su'udhan, tajassus, yaghtab, all of these different things, Allah He then says, Ya ayyuhan nas, inna khalaqnakum min dhakrin wa untha. We created you males and females. Waja'alnakum shu'uban wa qaba'ila. And we made you from nations and tribes, li ta'arafu, so that you may know one another. So, what's the advice here? When you go around and Ramadan is coming up, you will be exposed to more human beings than you have ever been exposed to in any other month of the year. <laughs> there will be times where you don't get a spot in the main musalla. <laughs> there will be a time where you don't get the best iftar and you have to basically eat the date and the water just for the few hours. There will be a time where you'll walk out of the musalla and maybe your slippers are missing. This will happen. Ramadan is coming up. Ramadan is a month in which Allah tests you, not just with fasting, but with your patience, your irritability, your punctuality, your forgiveness of other people, 
your leniency, your rifq, your gentleness, all of this comes into play in about four weeks. So when that happens, can you remember لِتَعَرَفُ Allah has allowed me to witness all these people so that I may learn from them, take the best from them, and leave whatever is not good. Because I know that there is nothing that differentiates us in the eyes of Allah except whoever is closer to Him. And Allah is the most knowledgeable and He is the most well acquainted. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of the people who are wary of what our tongues may spew. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to be far away from ghiba and namima. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to allow us to be people of mindfulness, of awareness, that we don't slander and backbite our brothers and sisters. Then we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to shower His mercy upon us. Ameen, Rabbil Alameen. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik wa nashadu an la ilaha illa ansa nastaghfiruka wa natubarik. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, as-salatu wassalamu ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. I wanted to end the khutbah today just with a small note. We, you know, now it's been a week since, you know, our community here in DFW has witnessed a very tragic passing of a young brother of ours, someone who was close to this campus, mashallah. He was close to not only this masjid, but a lot of masajid around the DFW and I know that on Monday with Ustad Abdurrahman, he addressed it, Sheikh Mikhail addressed it on Wednesday during his halaqa. Last night, we addressed it at the Thursday night halaqa. Brother Abdul Hadi, mashallah, you know, passed away after Jum'ah last Friday. A young brother, a brother who was barely finishing college, right out of college. And, you know, he, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala called him back to him. And Sheikh Mikhail and myself, we were discussing last night that one of the greatest ways to honor the legacy of those who have passed is to always remember the beauty that they brought in our lives. And if you didn't know Brother Abdul Hadi, a lot of us may have known him, we have witnessed him, have sat beside him during programs in the masjid and during programs at Roots. But even those of us who didn't know him, it's a sign for us to make sure that we appreciate those around us that we never take the people around us for granted. If it's one thing, if anything, that the situation in Gaza has taught us is that after we see these difficult moments on pictures and videos, and we go back home and we look at our parents and our children differently. I will never look at my child the same ever again as something that's just arbitrary. When a child is taken away from a parent in Philistine, you go back home and look at your own child and look at them as more valuable than all the gold in the entire world. And when you see the elderly people who are being tormented in Gaza and now in Rafa, you come back and you look at your parents and you look at your elders and you look and you say, SubhanAllah Rabbil Azim, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala preserve our elders. So a small note to just all of us, including myself, making sure that we are always aware and appreciative of the people around us before they are gone. That we never take for granted these beautiful moments. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, He says, and always speak. فحدث. 
mention, speak, talk about the blessings, the ni'mah that you have in your life because you never know when that present mention of that person will become a past mention of that person. And so we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to shower his mercy on brother Abdul Hadi and allow his family to go through some peace. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have mercy upon all the Muslims who have passed away. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to have mercy upon the entire ummah in Palestine. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to end the occupation in Gaza. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to heal the families all around the world that have been hit by this difficult time. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to shower his mercy upon us. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adhab al-nar. Allahumma إنك عفوا كريم تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم إنك عفوا كريم تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم إنك عفوا كريم تحب العفو فاعف عنا اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد عباد الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربة وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعذكم لعلكم تذكرون أقيم الصلاة